Good morning, new creation. Come on, give God some praise up in here. Is it not good to be in the house of God? Is it not good to be? We've been cooped up 13 months inside of our homes. And now we finally, this is the fourth week that we've been back. Come on, give God some praise for that. This is the fourth week that we've been back in this building where we've stayed out trying to keep everybody safe. We've been wearing these masks and having to do. And I want to thank everybody again for how you just following along with our protocols. We have a lot of things in place uh, as we've been preparing to get back in here. And now a month has passed. Today's the fourth week. And uh, we're going to continue to do what? We're going to continue to tweak the model. We're going to continue to do some things. You're going to see now that we've kind of looked and everything is kind of going smooth like we wanted it to go. Uh, we're going to continue to do what? Shifts the seats and continue to add more seats back in. And so starting in the month of May, you're going to see a little bit different. We're going to add more because many of you have been frustrated. Uh, uh, Brother Larry, he called me yesterday. He, he always addresses me like he's been doing this since he, since he joined the church. He said, my shepherd, my shepherd, my shepherd. I've been trying to get in the church for three weeks. <laughs> my shepherd, my shepherd, my shepherd. I can't get in. <laughs> I said, well, okay, Larry. <laughs> We're going to fix that. <laughs> so we want to, I think, and he is here this morning. My brother, good to see him. Good to see all of you look so beautiful this morning. And so, like I said, just continue to pray for us. Pray for our staff. We're continually looking. We had a great meeting yesterday with, our, with, 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 my, with my team, deacons and ministers. And so we're continually looking at what we need to do to kind of move the needle. But we're just going to continue to move it cautiously. Amen. And I pray that you are, all of you, all of all, we still got a whole lot of members online not able to be here yet, but I pray that you appreciate the process that we have worked diligently to make things smooth and safe for everybody. Amen? And so praise God again. Continue to pray for us. Before I forget, there's no chat with the pastor this evening. There's no chat with the pastor this evening. Amen? There's no... <laughs> <laughs> well, Mama Freddie, I'll see you in the morning at 5.30, so it's going to be all right. You know, it is going to be all right. You know, I'll see you every Monday morning at 5.30 with prayer with the pastor. So, but anyway, uh, so just continue to pray for us. There's a lot of things changing. You know that. There's a lot of things changing in our world. There's a lot of things that's going to be changing here in Las Vegas. June 1st with the governor opening, just there'll be no social distancing. There'll be, but we're going to continue to do what? We're going to take our time. We, you know, we... After being locked in in the ark for 13 months, we're not going to just get out and just run amok. We, somebody say amen to that. So we're going to continue to just continue to do what? Be safe. Many of you, again, we want to continue to ask you to continue to take part into all the things that we've done in those 13 months online but, and, and virtually. But what I am going to say to you right now, we are getting ready to start moving back in. We're going to start operating the building again. Amen? You're going to see some things slowly but surely. You're going to see some things. You're going to see the men back in. The, all the ministries, we're going to wean them back in slowly but surely. So now when that time comes, you go it on and if, if the women and say we're going to move back into the building first and third first and third you show up first and third and then the other fourth and second and fourth state we're going to be going to be online but we're going to start to see all the things do what change as we do what 
take our time and be very wise with all of you. Amen. And so to our first time guests online, our mission in Thailand, Pastor Sonthorn. Boy, y'all continue to pray for our mission in, uh, in Thailand. You know, we do Bible study with them. That's one of the bl bl things that came out of this COVID era. Uh, and we just have such a good time with those people online. People have gotten saved. And we just, it's a joy. So continue to pray for our mission. And join us on uh, the, uh, uh, every other Tuesday as we do Bible study at 630. Join us. Frederica, who's over our missions, does a great job with that. And so we just want to continue to invite you guys but yeah all the things that you've been seeing that we've been doing continue to support those things and pray for us as we shift and we're going to continue to move ourselves back into the to the regular uh transition of getting back in the building and so uh i want to say to all our digital community online our family that's online and then our first time guests welcome to new creation outreach ministries we are a bible teaching bible believing and equipping church everything we do here has its root in the dna of sharon the gospel transforming lives and serving that's who we are that's what we do and so if you're here for the first time I don't know if we have any first-time guests in the house this morning I don't believe yes we do God bless praise God let's praise God for our first time let's praise God for our first time guests God bless you we are so glad that you're here with us this morning and we have uh, generated things we generated them with you in mind because we know that the community has been waiting and longing for us to get back here too so just continue to pray. We're so happy that you're here. Welcome. Maybe the Lord led you in here. Maybe you've been seeking the Lord for a place to call your home and you would consider us. And so God bless you and thank you for coming. Visit us at incomlb.church and you will find out all about us. There's a little synopsis about me as the pastor and where we're going and what we're doing. God bless you. Let's get ready for the word. Hallelujah. All right, we are on. We are on. Let me just get everything here and then I'll bring some excitement. Oh, there he go with that. Make sure we got everything there. I got my readers. Good morning, new creation! grateful y'all might have saw me I broke down on that song I broke down on that song I, I woke up this morning hopped out of bed like man I'm feeling so blessed I woke up this morning I didn't have a lot but man I could have had less put my swag on God been so good I'm gonna brag on him right now hallelujah we got a lot to talk about. I just want to thank you. I love this church. <laughs> I love this church. I love the people of this church. I love my pastor. I love ministers and deacons. I mean, there's just, there's just a, if you are visiting, <laughs> this is a, a place of love. We're not perfect. Let me just say, we're not perfect, but we strive to be. <laughs> we strive to be. And that's what I love about this place. I just want to thank y'all. 
We've been we've been preaching to empty chairs for a long time. So first I'm looking around like, wow, it's people up in here. I'm like, woo, woo. But it feels good, though, just to have some people. To the online community, we love you as well. And pretty soon it's going to be a filled, packed house, just like it used to be. But in God's timing, in God's timing, we're not going to rush. We're going to wait on God. We're going to wait on God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let us pray. Father God, God, we are grateful this morning. Because you woke us up this morning, giving us another opportunity to get it right. God, we are grateful this morning, God, because we did have food on the table. The lights was on. We was able to take a hot shower. God, we woke up in our, out of our own bed, God, in, our, in the house that you have blessed us with, God. God, that's why we're grateful, God. God, if you don't do anything else for us, God, we under, we're grateful for what you've done, God. God, continue to have your hand upon us, God. God, you call us to be holy, meaning separate from the rest. God, we ought to be the example, God. So I'm asking right now, God, that you, God, remove Anthony, God. God, they, they love me, God, but they love you more, God. And I want to be your representation right now, God, and speak your truth to your people, God. For your word says that your sheep hear your voice. And they follow and obey because they know you, God. So I ask right now, God, empty me, God. Let your spirit inside of me, God, erupt like a volcano this morning. Because I just want to share your truth. Not my opinion, your truth, God. Have your way right now, Holy Spirit. Let hearts be open, minds attentive, and ears willing to listen. And above all, God, there may be one, God, that may... Let them ask that question, what must I do to be saved? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. As you all know, we are going through, uh, Pastor has a series that we're going through, Epic Bible. Memoirs from the mouth of God that bring things to life. Truth matters to God. Our foundational scriptures for this series is Isaiah 30, 10, and 11. They tell the prophets, stop seeing your visions about what is right. Don't tell us the truth. Prophesize nice things to us and make us feel good even if it isn't true. My God. Stop seeing things that will really happen. Get out of our way and stop telling us about the Holy One of Israel. My God. Isaiah 59, 15. Yes, the truth is gone. And anyone who renounces evil is attacked. The Lord looked and was displeased to find that there was no justice. He was astonished to see that there was no champion, not even one. 
I learned objectives for this series. We all know, and I'm just going over this. Uh, truth matters to God. Truth matters to God. Truth is all about wrong or right way to make use of God's word. It's not your opinion. Just rightly dividing truth, God's word. The responsibility of the church is to be the standard of biblical truth. When the body of Christ operates in truth, it will eliminate and separate the chaff from the wheat. I want to talk about truth this morning. The title of this message is The Proof to the Truth. If you have your Bibles, open up to Romans chapter 12. And I want to start in verse 9 and 13. From our online community, we're in Romans chapter 12. Verse 9 through 13. And I want to talk about Christian characteristics. Christian characteristics. Help me out with my slides, please. Going to the next slide. There we go. The reason why I want to talk about that is because as the children of God, we are supposed to be the proof to the truth. We are supposed to be the proof to the truth. If you have Romans chapter 12, verse 9, we're going to read through, like I said, 9 through 13. For my online community, type it in the chat, I love Jesus. For those that are present today, let me hear you say, I love Jesus. Jesus. Praise God. And the word of God reads, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honoring, I'm sorry, in honor of giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patience, and tribulations, continuing steadfast in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, giving to hospitality. We are supposed to be the proof to the truth. In church, the truth should not reflect the image of the outside world because it's entirely different. Listen to me. Millions of people in the world today regard Christianity as religious narrow-mindedness because of its exclusive claim to Jesus Christ. He is the son of the living God. He died for our sins. He came to save the world. The Bible says there in Acts 4:12, there is no salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Acts 5:31 says, he is the one whom God exalted to his right hand as prince and savior to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. Let me tell you why I'm grateful. Because truth be told, at one point in my life, I was a part of those millions. 
who rejected Christ's agenda because I was trying to build a kingdom of my own. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful. <laughs> and I'm so thankful that my kingdom was overthrown by the soul redeemer. Listen to me. Today, the attempt to persuade people to Christ is awful. It is rejected as an awful interference into their private lives. You hear comments like, my religion is my own affair. Mind your own business and leave me alone to mind mine. Christians are so negative. Christians are so judgmental. I know some Christians and they act just as worse as I do. My God. Listen to me. Christianity and the church are under attack and the greatest damage inflicted to the body of Christ comes from within the church. Listen to me. As believers themselves tarnish the name of Christ and neutralize our witness and testimony through scandals and other works of the flesh to the point that it becomes difficult to argue that saints behave differently than unbelievers. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Romans 12, 1, Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The least you can do is walk right. The least you could do if you say you're a Christian is talk right. The least you could do if, if you say you're a Christian is be different. That's the least you could do because that is your reasonable service. Christ died on the cross so that you could be different. Christ died on the cross so that you could be the light in a very dark world. Listen, I've had conversations with people who reject Christianity because they feel the church is full of hypocrites. People who say they love you all up in your face. But just like a shade tree mechanic, they love it when you break down. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. But the minute you got a problem and fall down, oh, let me tell you about such and such. Oh, I mean, in the house of God now. I'm not talking about outside of the walls. I'm talking about the people that are supposed to be different. Like a shade tree mechanic, just love it when you break down. Oh, look like, you know, <laughs> love it when you break down. And many folks believe Christians are too mean and too judgmental. I'm trying to understand that because in Colossians 4, 6, it says, let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. 
There's a reason God says seasoned with salt. We are the preservation. We are to be wise in the way that we act towards non-believers. Here's a quote I found from Gandhi. He says, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. Listen to me. We are supposed to be the proof to the truth. Jesus said in John 35, I'm sorry, John 13, 35, all will know that you are my disciples if if you have love for one another. Listen, as I get going today, I ain't even got started yet. As I get going today, let me say this. I am not the poster child for Christianity. I do not claim to be. I know that in my walk, I have missed some plays and I have dropped the ball many times. And it is only by the grace of God I'm standing here today still winning the game. It's only by his grace. There's nothing, (laughs) there's nothing that I've done. It is all God. I'm a living testimony of what God can do if you get out of his way. Let me say that. My sister Frances, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Thank you. Listen, I will never be good enough to deserve the love of Christ. But listen, he is great enough to get the love of me. We are justified by our faith and our actions should be a representation of the God we serve and the truth we believe in. As Christians, we need to humble ourselves and keep in mind that we are not better than non-believers. We're just better off in the long run. We have made the decision to take the narrow road and we are a part of something bigger now. We are called to share the truth, but today what I want to talk about, the question is today is, are you living the truth that we share? The truth that we are so quickly to judge others while we ourselves are just as guilty. Come on, I want to get deep right now. I want to get real deep right now. Listen, Romans, Romans 2, Paul said, Therefore, you are inexcusable, old man, whoever you who judge, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourselves, for you who judge practice the same things. I'm talking about the church. Listen, Paul is speaking to the self-righteous moralists by the way they condemn the behaviors of others, yet commit the same sin themselves. Oh, how man can easily see the faults in others. 
<laughs> frequently than he can in himself. I love what our Lord and Savior said in, in Matthew 7, 3 through 5. He said, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and do not consider the plank? In your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck and look, a plank is in your own eye. This is what the Lord said in verse 5. He said, hypocrites. First, we must remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Jesus exposes the tendencies and the small faults that, that we ignore. It is the power of God that brings people to repentance. We as Christians, we, 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 we can tend to congratulate ourselves that we're not like the heathens. And some Christians today even tend to place themselves up on a pedestal because they, have, they haven't committed every sin in the book. However, we should be reminded that we are capable of committing all the sins. Ain't nobody up in here walking on water. <laughs> Ain't nobody in here walking on water. Listen, and, and, and James said, breaking one of the commandments, James said, we break them all. We're guilty of them all. Oh, oh. Self-righteousness behavior among Christians is hurting the testimony of the church and causing many, many people to become skeptics to the Christian faith and to truth. And this is why I believe some people see truth as subjective and not objective. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Our action church does not attest to the word that we believe is true. Listen, actions speak louder than words. If you say that you're a Christian, if you say that you don't do it, then don't do it. Some churches even, and some Christians even believe that Got people thinking that they need to stop sinning before they come to God. Romans 5a says that God demonstrated his love that while we were still sinners, Christ died. If you could fix yourself, Christ would have never had to go to the cross. No, God says, come on in with all of your sin. Come on in. You can't stay the same, but it is this love of God that's going to draw you, that's going to cause you to change. Every one of us have sin. And it was Christ who died to expunge our record of sin. It was only Christ. You know, Pastor said something last week. I was sitting here, and it's such a true statement. Everyone that walks through the door of this church is a sinner. And I will add that it is God's love and his goodness 
is what draws us to repentance. It's only when you see that goodness of God and you see how much God loves you that while we were dead in our sins that he would die upon the cross. Listen here, Ephesians 2.8.10 says, For by the grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You got no reason to be bragging because you didn't do anything. God loved you so much that he put his perfect son upon the cross so that he can endure this punishment that we all deserve. For we are his workmanship. Oh, it's such a beautiful thing. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's why God saved you. For good works. So we can stop doing the things we used to do. It's for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Like I said, we are supposed to be the truth and guided by the spirit of God today. I'm not here to give you my opinion and provide you with rules and regulations of Christian legalism. There's enough churches around here doing that. That's not what I'm here to do. The greatest evidence of God's desire to guide our lives is founded in the facts of Scripture. And what, and, and, and what I do know, this is what I do know, is that the world is changing. And it has been since God said, let there be light. And what I am certain of, however, God has not changed and his word has remained the same. Look here, Isaiah 48 says, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. First Peter 1, 25 says, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And his word is good news. It's good news. That was preached to you. I want us to measure ourselves today. I want, our measure, I want us to measure ourselves this morning to the ruler. Not the ruler that you get from Walmart when you're buying school supplies. Because we all measure up to that. But let the truth of God's word be the ruler as well as the rod of correction. Let the spirit of God and the truth of his word reveal areas in your walk with Christ that need to elevate. That we need to go a little bit higher with. It's through scriptures where you find that. Now, let me say this now. Now, what we discover about ourselves may be hurtful, but sometimes the truth hurts. And there are only two responses for sin, repentance and forgiveness. God woke you up. He woke me up. He woke, he woke everybody online. He woke you up as well. He woke you up, giving you another opportunity to wake up. 
Stay woke. Because I promise you, they're trying to rock you to sleep. They're trying to rock you to sleep. Let's get into our Bible truths today. Examine yourselves. I want to examine ourselves to Christian characteristics as well as to the truth. Let's get off into our, our scriptures today. Um, Romans chapter 12, verse 9. And Paul starts out with this. He says, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Paul lists some characteristics that every follower of Christ should develop in his dealing with Christians as well as those that are unconverted. The first characteristic is love. He makes it very clear that there is no confusion. Love must be without hypocrisy. Love without hypocrisy is not real at all. I want to make that clear. Love with, love with hypocrisy is not real at all. Much of what masquerades as love in the Christian community is laced with hypocrisy. And God wants you and I to know that love should not wear a mask. Now, hold on. That don't mean I want y'all to take your mask off. Keep your mask on. We're still under COVID protocols. That's not what God is saying right here. Saw somebody reach for their mask. Hold on. Are you talking to me? Hold on. Hold on. No, 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 no. <laughs> love should be genuine. It, be, it should be sincere. It should be unaffected. We should have an agape love. There shouldn't be any conditions. I should love you because I love you because God loved me and I was just as jacked up as you was and God loved me. So I should just show the same love back to you. Because that's who I claim to be. I have a title of Christianity, and that means that I am to be like Christ. And what Christ did is he proved his love by going to a cross. So I should just love you. I shouldn't have a reason to love you. Just love. We should have a want to see and have the best for one another, especially in the body of Christ. There's nothing more disappointing than when you go to someone excited about something that has happened in your life and you, you go to share with them and they start throwing shade. You know, I, I just graduated, da, da, da. Oh, you know, you could have did that a long time ago if you wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have been doing all that. Let me tell you what God did for me. I was, I was there. That's because you lack faith. I mean, that's what we do in the body of Christ. Instead of just taking in and being excited for one another, I'm happy for, for you. I was, I was, uh, I was shopping uh, just yesterday, and I saw De Denise in there, and she, she was telling me about Michael, and how he's going to law school. And I mean, I was just excited because I'm just excited for him because I remember Michael. And look what God has done for him now. I'm excited for that. We should be excited for those kind of things because we love each other. 
Love is a matter of will. You, you, you got to, it's a matter of will. I mean, it's either you love somebody or you don't. And I'm just being honest. But in the body of Christ, we should. We shouldn't be picking and choosing. How would you like it if God was like, oh, well, I'm going to say this person. I ain't going to say that person. Hey, well, God, what'd I do? You know what I'm saying? Love is a starting point for every believer, and we need to demonstrate love just as God did. Look here, John 3.16, we all know it. God so loved the world, what did he do? He gave. What can be sweeter on, the, on this side of heaven than to love and be loved? It's free to give. Ain't nobody got to worry about, I ain't got enough money. I ain't got enough money to love you. Wait till I get paid Thursday. I'll turn my love back on for you. It's free to give. It don't cost you nothing to love nobody. Should be the most genuine affection we can give to one another is love. Now, let me just, let me make it real plain. I want to be real clear here. Now, we must love our neighbor. We must love our brother. We must love our sister, but, but not love them so much that for their sake, we commit sin. Or omit our duty uh, to God or omit our duty to God and think that wrong is right for the sake of the person that's committing the sin. Because let me tell you, that's not love. That's compromise. There's a difference. We are called to share the truth and we are called to speak on the truth. And if something is not right, we are called to say that's not right from a biblical perspective. But the thing, let me tell you this, we all know right and wrong. That's not something you be like, oh, I just didn't know I went. No, you just went and robbed the bank. Oh, I didn't know that was wrong. I mean, come on. You, I mean, let's just be real. That's not love. That is compromise. We are to call out sin, but not to the point of, oh, I'm better than you. But from the biblical perspective of what the word of God says, argue with the word of God. You're not arguing with me. You're arguing with God. And the reason that is, and Paul makes that clear, he says, in the same breath, he says, we are to abhor, abhor, I'm sorry, what is evil and cling to what is good. That word abhor means to disgust or hatred. We should have a hatred towards evil. You know, there's room for hatred in a Christian's life, but, but it's not hatred for other people. You see what I'm saying? It's not hatred for other people. We are to hate evil. We are to hate sin. We, have, we, 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 we are to do that because of the, the, the destruction, the disgust, and disgust with it because of the destruction that it causes to ourselves, other individuals, other individuals, and the fabric of society. That's why we should hate sin. Look, turn on the news. The 
that sin just running rampant. And we should hate that. When I think about the Black Lives Matter movement, I'm, and I'm not talking about, oh, yeah, we should be black. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is that should be the church that is protesting and spreading all that because God tells us to stand up for what is right. I think I'm, I, I'm admired by that because it, they moved the whole world. And I was like, where is the church? Where is the church? At least we know the church wouldn't be breaking down and burning up stuff. You know what I'm saying? At least you would think that. Come on now. Come on now. But I'm just, and I just look at it like, man, look at this movement, man. That, that is the people, God, that is the, what we should do. That church. That's the church. Then he says we are to cling to what is good. Cling to what is good. Listen, we should be so connected to God that we could be his Wi-Fi. Listen to me. Some of us got a dial-up connection. Got that AOL to God. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all, your youngsters don't know what I'm talking about. But some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Couldn't get on in there. Hey, get off the phone. Get off the phone so I can connect to the internet. Then when they go to connect, you're like, it took about five, ten minutes just so you can get on to check an email. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on now. We should be so connected to God that we could be his Wi-Fi. But see, when you got that dial-up connection, this is, let me tell you what happens here. When you got that dial-up connection, and we get so upset because it's taking so long for God to, to answer. The only time we try to connect to him is when you need something. So therefore, you go and try to connect. Ah, oh, God, bring, bring. There you go. You got that connection. But let me tell you something. While, while as his Wi-Fi connection, we are always connected to him in every circumstances. Now, everywhere you go, what's the Wi-Fi code? What's the Wi-Fi code? Everywhere you go, every night, there's free Wi-Fi everywhere. We should have that same connection with God. Everywhere we go, God is connected. I don't need to try to connect to him because I'm already connected. Every now and then you might get a little lag, but guess what? He's still connected because Paul said we should cling to what is good and God is the only good. So why are you selling for a dial-up connection when you can be always connected? Let's cling to what is good. Let's keep going. Verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another. Hmm. What people in the world seldom see is kindness and compassion for strangers. And when non-believers come into the house of God and do not see an example of kindness and what it looks like, where else are they to turn to? Where else are they supposed to go? They're supposed to see kindness, relationship, love when they come and listen to the house of God because they're not seeing it out there. What do you, what do you think they brought them in? 
Because they got tired of what they were seeing out there and said, there's got to be something different. I'm going to roll up into this church. And my God, when you roll up there, the, the, the person greeting you, the usher, don't even say good morning. How you doing? Is this your first time here? Well, welcome. What, 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 that's, that's just like them walking into 7-Eleven. What is the difference? There has to be a difference when they come into the house of God. There should be a warmth that they feel. I remember when I first came to this church. It was over eight or nine years ago. Listen, you might not know my story, but I was a backslider. God had called me a long time ago, and I was backsliding for about 10 years doing my thing. And I remember my wife said, hey, they're having a married couples thing. And, you know, she had been, my wife had been coming to this church for a year prior to me coming here. And she said, they're having a married couples thing. And, and she would always come home from church. She was always excited. She was always, oh, let me tell you about church. And I just refused to go because I knew that when I came, <laughs> here I am now. Let me <laughs> Here I am now. Let me put it down. I'm, I'm going to keep, I'm, I ain't going to get out. Here I am now. <laughs> Listen, it's a dog-eat-dog world out there, and people are hurting. And the church should not have a dog-eat-dog mentality. The one place on earth that there should not be no competition is inside the church. Because according to my Bible, the victory has already been won through Jesus Christ. So what are we fighting amongst each other for? We got to stop trying to one-up each other in the church. Unity comes from humility in the body of Christ. Look here, Philippians 4, 2, I'm sorry, Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let each of you look out, not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. We got to come, people are looking for that. If they don't find it in the church, where else are they going to find it? Where else can they get it? Listen, the goal is souls being saved. Lives being transformed. Because of the belief in Jesus Christ, our Savior. It's not about the size of the building. It's not about the number of people sitting in there. It's all about is... Do you or have you accepted the free gift of salvation? That's what it's about. Keep us going here. Romans 12, 11, Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving uh, the Lord. Our service to the Lord should be marked by zeal, fervor, ho-ho, a burning within us that energizes our ministry. Oh, man. Listen, if we're called to warm relations and good manners, and good manners we should also know that we're called to work. Oh, God did not save you just so you can sit in the chair. 
Now, to some of that, you know, that's, well, what are you talking about? Jesus did all the work. I ain't got to do nothing. No. We're going to talk about it. Listen, the church is no place for laziness. The pastor said yes, because he know. <laughs> so, and ministers and deacons, we know. And ushers and everybody else that's involved, you know. It takes work. It takes work. And some may frown on, on, on that for the church because it does take work. It requires work. But, we, but, we, but listen, we do not work to be saved. We work absolutely because we are saved. And that's why we should want to work. We should have a burning desire to do the work of the ministry. Christianity is not a spectator sport. And in order for us to see and feel the power of the gospel and see and feel the power of God, we have to participate and be active and be involved. Paul says, don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled in a flame. I said, God, what do you mean by that? He says, you're a valuable player on the team. We all are valuable players on the team. And as a valuable player on the team, when the fire starts to go out, you was, you was hot in the first half. Woo, you was hot in the first, first guy say, woo. Well, you had about 30, 40, you know what I'm saying? Oh, triple, double. But even LeBron James get tired. We all get tired. God knows we get tired. But let me tell you something. When you get tired, what you need to do is, coach, get me out the game. Get out the game. Get yourself some living water. Get yourself some living water. Have some conversation with the coach. I know I should have did that. I know I should. Okay, don't do that no more. Do this right here. And then what happened? Get back in the game. Get back in the game. Get you some living water and get back into the game. God knows that we are not energizer bunnies. He knows we're not energizer bunnies. We weren't created with batteries. Our strength and our energy comes from him. He is the power source. He is that zeal that gives us. So we got to go and get some living water. Even Jesus took time to spend with the father. Perfect example. You all, you will read in the Bible, Jesus, it's a Jesus and Jesus separated himself and he spent time with the father. He got refreshed. He got renewed. So when you do get tired, because it's going to have, because ministry is hard work. Church is hard. It is hard work for us to, to, to do what we do by the power of God. So what we need to do is some, you got, sometimes you got to take a break, but don't take a break. Oh, I ain't coming to church no more. I ain't involved. No, you take a break. And you spend some time with him so that he can refresh you, give you a renew, fill your cup back up because our cup gets empty and we got to get our cup back filled. So God, give me some living water. Here we go. Okay. All right. Boom. Get back in the game. Get back in the game. We serve ascending God. Jesus told the disciples in Matthew 28, 19, go. 
He told him in Acts 1, 8, before descending to heaven, you shall be my witness. Uh, you shall witness to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria, Samaria and to the end of the world. The commandment does not suggest that the body of Christ, that we are to conduct Christianity in a vacuum. Let me tell you something. The best sermon you could ever preach is outside of the church. Because then people see what Christianity looks like. We have been called to become an active, functioning member of the body of Christ. Active, functioning member of the body of Christ. As the church, we are the body of Christ and called to be missionaries. Jesus was clear in his direction that he gave to his followers. He commissioned them to go and share the gospel and make disciples to complete God's plan. We must follow kingdom principles to accomplish kingdom purpose. The church's principle is the same as it was during the biblical times. Share the good news, speak the truth, and be obedient to God's mission. Building the kingdom of God here on earth. We ought to be the salt in a tasteless world. Not be salty. Let me throw that out there. They say you're supposed to be salt. But you salty because you got to call somebody. You salty because somebody done calling. Can you pray for me? You, are you salty because you got to pray for somebody? The things we do in the church, God is not concerned with programs, culture, traditions, or appreciation days. God is not concerned with that. He is in the business of souls being saved. And if we're going to follow Christ, we got to have that same ambition. Yes, I just want to see you be saved. Paul said, <laughs> I, can't, I don't care to know nothing about you except Christ and him crucified. That's right. That's right. Listen, okay, you know what? I mean, I, got some, I, I know some people, um, you know, they, they, they were Muslims converted to Christian, praise God, but they don't eat pork. And even though, you know, hey, you know what I'm saying? God said, hey, there ain't no animal. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we can eat what we want to eat. But if you get saved and you don't want to eat pork, okay, don't eat pork. <laughs> I like the pig, though. I ain't gonna, I'm from the South. Okay, I, I'm from the South, so I like it. But I mean, God is not concerned with, with all of those things. But hey, you know what? Continue to do what it is. Just stop the stuff that you're not supposed to do. That's what I'm saying. That's what God wants. God wants you to be wholly separate and different. That's, that's what God is concerned with. What did you do with my son, Jesus? You don't like seafood? Don't eat seafood. Some people don't like catfish. I don't know why, but they don't like catfish. I love catfish. <laughs> my brother say, I love catfish too. I, mean, I love catfish. Oh, it's a bottom feeder. Okay, well, you know what? I'm sorry. But God ain't concerned with all that. I'm just putting it out there. God ain't concerned with all that. I don't want y'all to be confused. 
Don't, don't think because you get saved. That's the problem is because we don't have enough truth out there. People think, oh, if I get saved, I got to stop. I got to stop. I got to stop. And then they go looking in the Bible where what can I do? Come on now. That's not what the purpose of the Bible is. The Bible is not the purpose to show you all the stuff that you cannot do. Christ died to liberate us, not put chains on us. Like I said earlier, you know right from wrong. You don't need God to come and tell you that's wrong. You know who you represent. <sighs> Let me keep going. I'm, I'm trying to get y'all out of here. I know his pastor said y'all in Costco chicken. I don't know. Some of y'all might, some of y'all might not want to eat chicken. You know, I don't know. But if we go, <laughs> y'all know we like to have fun up here at Nuke Ridge. We just keep it 100. Verse 12 says, rejoice it in hope, patience in tribulation, continuing steadfast in prayer. Listen, biblical hope is confident assurance that rests in God's promises through Christ. And those who have hope have every reason to rejoice because you know that in the end, Christ and his people will triumph. Oh, man. Listen, whether you're a believer or a non-believer, we are all either going through something, coming out of something, or the phone's from the ring. We are always either going through, coming out, or something getting ready to happen. However, those who possess hope can be patient in affliction and, affliction and see the calm in the face of the storm. When you got hope, you know you ain't going through it by yourself because you got a God that cares more than mama, daddy, big mama, pawpaw, you got a God that cares for your well-being. All conquering endurance is the one thing which can turn misery into going. So listen, when things start to get hard, don't quit. Pray harder. Go to the God, go to the Lord. Our, our text says continuing steadfastly in prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but I have come to find that praying is the easy part. Because after you pray, you got to wait. <laughs> after you pray, you got to wait. See, when we pray, we must learn to wait. Waiting on God is counterintuitive, particularly in the 21st century, because we live in a microwave society. If you want something to eat right now, you can get in your car and go to a drive-thru and have something to eat and be back here before I finish this sermon. Because we want it now. However, what I have learned is waiting requires effort on our part. And what that means is that when we take our petitions to God, we should go on living our lives, not worrying if God is going to answer, if God is going to respond. We should go on living our lives because then that's the confidence assurance I was talking about, knowing that, God, you've heard me. We cannot pray 
with the hurry up God attitude. But sometimes that's what we that's what we have in the church. You 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 see that coming across pulpit. Oh, you know what I'm saying? God will answer right now. God, I demand you. How you gonna demand God to do something? He's God. You can't command God to do something if He's really God in your life. Have reverence for who it is that you're making a request to. We're talking about the God of the universe. He spoke things into existence. In the Bible, you see that he, he created us with hand, but everything else, he said, let there be. But you're going to command him? Listen, Philippians 4, uh, 6 and 7 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Listen here, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Confidence in God frees the mind from anxiety and a sense of dependence on him keeps the mind calm. Listen, tragedy and things happen in our life. And we all, sometimes we'll get a knee-jerk reaction. But we got to stop and say, God, you got it. God, I know you got it because you promised me. And your word says you can't tell a lie. <laughs> so you got it. I'm going to wait on you. I'm not going to move until you say go. Because if I do something, I know I'm going to make a dummy move. I'm going to jack it all up so, God, I'm just going to wait on you. And so your prayer should be, God, help me to be patient. Help me to wait. I remember when I lost my job about a year and a half ago. Making good money. Been there 20 years. When I got home and I woke up the next morning... I knew God was taking me somewhere. God was breaking me down. God was doing some things in my life. This was about a year and a half ago, August. Instead of me waking up with the prayer I had, I, I started asking God, God, help me in my unbelief. Because for 20 years, I put faith in the wrong thing. I was so busy looking at the bank account waiting every two weeks because I knew what I was going to get. That my lifestyle started to be outside of what God had ordained for me. So God said, let me get that out your way. Because that's a stumbling block. Took a year off. Spent some time on the mountaintop. God blessed me with another job, making less money, no responsibilities. <laughs> but as I look now, <laughs> I am so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy because of the fact that I'm not stressed as I was before. I get to work from home. 
there is a peace that comes over me. God say, I'm trying to take you somewhere, but I can't get you there because you're, you're so occupied right here. So I begin to have my prayers. I woke up to God, help me in my unbelief because I was trusting in the wrong thing. Yes, God, I knew you were real. Yes, God, I knew that you loved me. Yes, God, I knew that you took care of me. But it was more about a paycheck than him. And to be honest, we haven't missed a beat. I mean, I'm being honest. We haven't missed a beat. And I know that it's only God. And I'm like, God, how can you, t God, do you show me how real you is? Because you take the little bit that I have and you just have stretched it. You've stretched it. My God. Listen, if you, if you hear what I'm, give God a chance. As I get ready to close, going to our last verse here, Romans 12, 13, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. God has a mission. He will see it fulfilled. God has been at work to fulfill his mission in the world and inviting us through Christ to enter into the mission. Galatians 6, 10 says, Therefore, we have opportunity. Let us do good to all, especially those who are in the household of faith. We are the proof to the truth. We have something to give even if it's just time. Time don't cost us anything. And if time is money, we ain't got a lot to spend. So we got to get busy doing what God has called us to do. Getting the gospel to the street. Not in a way making people feel belittled. Not in a way of making people feel beneath. But just in a way letting people know that you don't have to live the life you're living. God can change things. As I close... A Christian conduct is to be based upon consistent with his calling in Christ. We have been called to become an active, functioning member of the body of Christ. We have been called to be obedient. And, we, and as we obey him and manifest his likeness, we fulfill the calling. The church is to be a dwelling place of God in spirit and the instrument by which God demonstrates the glory of his wisdom, power, and grace as his people gather corporately to worship him. There's a certain dynamic that happens when we all get in here on one mind, one accord, and call out to the almighty God. I have but two questions to ask you as we conclude. The first question is, are you in the body of Christ? Now, now listen, I'm not, I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you what denomination you are. 
What I'm asking is, are you a member of the body of Christ? Have you, have you asked God? Have you asked God? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ as the only means of salvation? Have you received eternal life by trusting that he died in your place and that he has suffered the punishment for you and he's rose from dead and your eternal life is justified through Christ? Listen, if you're online and if you're online and that's you, you you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. You've never said, God, I want to be different. Type it in the chat. Type it in the chat. I want to be a part of the body of Christ. Someone will reach out just to pray with you. Listen, I'm not talking about running around a church. I'm not talking about being, being baptized 12 and 5 times and holding snakes. I'm not, I'm not talking because that doesn't, it doesn't require all of that. The Bible says confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross and was rose on the third day and you shall be saved. Type that in the chat. If you're present in the building today, I know we have COVID protocols, so I'm not going to ask you to get up. But if that is you and you say, I want to be a member of the body of Christ, just slip your hand up. We can do a corporate prayer. Just slip your hand up. If that is you, you've never accepted this free gift of salvation. Second, I want to, second question I want to, if you, if you have been born again by personal faith in Jesus Christ and you are a member of the body of Christ and you've examined yourself today, maybe there was something that was said today that you said, I need to elevate in that area. Maybe it is being more active. Maybe it is need to sharing some love and not having hypocrisy. Maybe it is uh, uh, just, just, just being a better Christian. If that is you today and you are a part, of a, a part of a local church and that's you, once again, I just want you to slip your hand up. We're just going to say a prayer. We all looking to improve. I see that hand, praise God. I see that hand, praise God. Is there anybody else? We just want to say a prayer. Because there's no time like the present for God to make a change. Listen, Christianity is not an option. It is a mandate. For us that have said that I want to be a part of the body of Christ there's no time like the present to ask God to give you a different heart and make you different give you a desire to be different for those that have raised your hand and everyone else let's just have this prayer Father God You've seen those, God, those that are online, God, that, that said, I want, I want to be a part of the body, those that are present, God. God, I'm asking right now, God, 
God, have grace, have mercy, God, on everyone under the sound of my voice, God. God, I pray right now that you would just touch their heart and have them to see that you have given them salvation, which is the sweetest thing on this side of heaven, God. But more importantly, God, they want to give them a desire to want to serve. For you say, God, that, that the, 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 the harvest is ready, but the laborers are so few, God. So, God, ask him, I'm asking right now that you would just give us more laborers to share your truth, God. God, I pray right now that you would just continue to touch their heart, God. Those that are online, God, I pray you would continue to touch their heart, God. I'm praying right now, God, that you would ask that you would forgive all of us of our sin. Because it's our sin that separates us from you the reason your son died is to free us God from the chains that bind God so I'm asking right now God let those chains be broken by the mighty blood of Jesus Christ God I thank you this morning God I thank you today God for all that you are doing God I thank you God for what you're doing in this ministry God I thank you God for the, the universal church God I thank you God for what you're doing in the universal church God I pray God that let there be men God raise up men raise up women God that are willing to stand on your truth and speak your truth because God there is only one good and that good is you so I thank you this morning in Jesus name amen come on let's give God some praise for the word this morning the mighty word mighty word mighty word isn't our God good? Oh, we have tasted and seen. We give him all the glory. We give him all the honor. We give him all the praise. He is good. He is good. So excited about what God is doing. And as we guess we've moved ourselves back in and getting back into our building and transitioning uh, again, I'm so happy that what a word this morning. Come on, thank God for the word this morning. And I'm so looking forward to uh, as the as the ministers, they're they're riding with me in this series as I felt led of them. And so and so starting this Wednesday, we will take each because we were finished with uh, going through our. Uh, Joshua, not Joshua, but Elisha and Elijah, we're done with that. And so now each Wednesday, we're going to be picking up this, this teaching and moving it into the Wednesday night to discuss it. So starting with Anthony, this Wednesday, we're going to be teaching and moving into this teaching on Wednesday night. And then next Sunday, I'll be back in to uh, pick up with my, with the next portion. What about love? What about love? Truth matters. Amen. What about love? And so let's look forward all the things that we'll be doing this week online, virtually our Bible study, women's ministry, men's ministry, all the things that are going online. Wednesday night, again, praying Bible study. And so uh, let's look forward to what God has for us. Amen.
praise God. Let's pray. Father, again, thank you for this wonderful day that we've had today. Thank you for your word. Thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank you, Lord, for our first-time guests. We thank you, Lord, for those that are first time with us inside the building today and those that are first time with us on our live stream. Bless now and keep us this week. Let us be mindful of what we heard today. Let us continue to meditate on it, that it would help us as we continue to move forward in the word of God and in truth. Bless us now. Let us have a great week as we started it off with you. We're going to continue each and every day this week with you. Bless and keep us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now you will be in the hands.